Hello, everyone. Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I'm your host, Sydney Chandler Monet, and today I have a very, very special guest. And speaking on recent events that are happening in our world, unfortunately, I feel like this conversation we're going to have today about gun violence is going to be very important. So I want you all to please help me give a warm welcome to Serena Rodriguez from the March from Our Lives program. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. Today, like I was saying, you all, like, we are going to be talking about gun violence and things that have just been happening in our nation, unfortunately, unfortunately, recently. And I just feel that these conversations really need to be had. So opening the doors and exposing you all to what's going on, I really think is important. So that is why we're having a conversation today. So I want to go ahead, like, let's give a debrief about you before we begin. Who is Serena Rodriguez and how did she get associated with March for Our Lives? Yeah, so I got involved with March for Lives from the very beginning, um, back in 2018. I'm originally from South Florida, um, so the shooting at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, it really hit close to me. I grew up not too far away, um, and I went to college in Orlando, which, you know, was also closely impacted by the Pulse nightclub shooting, and so I really just felt things were getting way too close to home for me, and I was really frustrated and uh, I was moved to action. So um, when March for Our Lives was founded, I signed up uh, with some friends or actually people that would later become my friends. Mm. Um, and we organized the March for Our Lives in Orlando and I've been involved ever since. I love that. And, you know, I think that from my perspective, when I was, I think I was in eighth grade when the Parkland shooting happened. And I actually had a family friend who went to school there. And it was just kind of like one of these scary experiences where it's like, how could something like this happen to something so close to home? Because we hear about these things on the news nationally. And we're just kind of like, oh, these poor families. But when we think like that could be like either us or like people that we deeply care about and are really close in our relationships and things like that, it's kind of like a eye-opener as to, okay, this is why we need to act, this is why this is important, and this is why these conversations need to be had. So I'm really glad that you saw that as an opportunity to take action, and then when March for Our Lives was founded, you decided to jump right in and make your own kind of chapter in Orlando, and just really make those calls and seeing, how can I make change from where I am? So I applaud you for that. <laughs> so I would also like to know, like, why is gun violence pre prevention important to you, and why do you think it is important that these issues need to be resolved. Yeah, so um, guns are the leading cause of death for children in America. Mm. And, you know, I just, I really don't believe that's okay. I mean, I definitely started with, you know, kids deserve to go to school safe. And then just learning so much more about this issue. And, um, you know, I grew up in the suburbs and seeing, I think that's also why um, Parkland stood out for me is because. Parkland is the suburbs. Um, but just when you learn so much more and how prevalent it is and gun violence is in communities across this country, um, I just, I couldn't sit by anymore. And I don't believe any child or any adult for that sake deserves to lose their life to um, a gun. Absolutely. And, you know, something that dawned on me, especially being at a young age of 14, when I first experienced this and younger actually from Sandy Hooks and things like that just being like how can something like this be happening in our schools I shouldn't have to go to school and practice drills for something like this to happen and I was listening to something earlier and it was saying that this is not like a natural disaster this isn't like a tornado this isn't a hurricane or something it is a man-made thing 
because of Absolutely. the corruption in the policy. And people are like, well, you can't take our guns away. You can't take our second amendment, right? Well, it's not that. It's just that it gets into the hands of the wrong people, honestly. And it's just like, when do you think that we can't prevent? Something else that I heard today during uh, my AP Lang class, we were talking about this book we just read, Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. And if we were talking about justice, even if there's like one person who creates some type of injustice in the community, the whole thing is still unjust. We can't have like one bad apple in an entire thing. There's Otherwise things can't get resolved that way. And so these conversations that we were having help to build up and help open the eyes for people that are in power to see that it is up to us to convince them, unfortunately, that we have to take such a stance to open their eyes to see this and just be like, the change needs to be made now. I don't need to go to school in fear because unfortunately there have been experiences in my school where kids didn't come to school because there was a threat or uh, at my brother's schools at my sister's school. And it's like, why do we need to run from something that can easily be fixed by changing laws and having bills passed and legislators? So I think that having these conversations and opening the doors and just exposing people to what's going on will help bring up more of that majority and just seeing that this real issue that shouldn't really be you know, happening is something that needs to be addressed. So I really think that the prevention needs to be up at the top of our list, especially recently. And it, you stated a statistic when we first started this saying how gun violence is like one of the number one causes of death for kids. What do you think are the root causes of gun violence and how do you think we can go about addressing them? Yeah, so I think there are several root causes. Uh, one of them, or several of them, you know, being poverty, the mental health crisis, um, this culture of gun glorification that we have um, mm-hmm. in, in, our, in our culture. I, I swear there's no other country that values guns and having these weapons that can cause mass destruction so easily. Mm-hmm. And, but I think if we take it back to more of like on a collective level and just providing more care for our communities, you know, there's rising healthcare costs, the lack of affordable housing, um, even like the price now to get groceries, like all of these things cause people to feel that they need to turn to violence to be able to mm-hmm. obtain some of these needs. And mm-hmm. I think if we take a more holistic approach and yes, background checks are going to do so, so well for us. And Absolutely. we do need background checks, but at the same time, we also do need to be providing affordable housing and mm-hmm. healthcare for all. Um, so yeah, it, I think the two go hand in hand. And I think that's where, um, you know, maybe sometimes it causes more um, discourse and conflicts and why maybe why we're not seeing as much progress as we need to because we're only taking them as one part solutions and I really do believe the two go hand in hand. Absolutely and you know this is a part of that whole like mental health talk and you know Mm -hmm. May being the mental health awareness month which just passed it's more it's more important now than ever I think in history that mental health is really becoming the root causes for like these types of tragedies and these types of crises. And so putting that at the forefront, which I always have stood for, is just making sure that the people that feel like that they have to go out and cause this destruction, people that they feel like they need to cause this chaos, have like a had a place to get care for. And you know, like you said, like especially gas prices right now, groceries right now, mm-hmm. everything has just been so inflated and so 
and just like a chaotic mess that without that kind of order, which I really think mostly comes from like from our legislators and things that putting things in order by law, like all of that needs to come into order at some at some point. But what has March for Our Lives been up to since the original March in 2018? I did attend that as well. And just seeing the support from that really has been like exciting. It's just kind of seeing how much the morale of the community and how people are willing to go out here and to stand for something that is so wrong. Why do you think that that is important? And so what else has March for Our Lives been doing since the March of 2018? Yeah, wow. I feel like that's a big question. And we've been up to a lot expanding our state and local networks. Um, we, we have passed in a lot of um, gun violence prevention measures on the state level, which we're super, super proud of. Um, but we've also done a lot of working with our communities. We launched um, Aid and Alliance, which was our flagship mutual aid program, where, you know, after such strenuous times in COVID, and um, we found ways to connect with our communities and provide some of these resources, uh, whether that be food or hygiene supplies, school supplies, as you know, schools were back opening up. Um, mm-hmm. We've advocated for more mental health funding in our schools uh, with our Peace Without Police program, where we were advocating for the, the divestment of um, school resource officer funding and putting those back into mental health counselors. Um, is, some school districts have those crazy ratios where you know they have more cops on their campuses than they do mm-hmm. a school nurse or wow. any sort of mental health counselor. Right. Um, so doing advocacy kind of on that lens and so many virtual things in the past two years, but we're really excited to be back in person and with another march um, all across the country and honestly even globally uh, next week. I think mm-hmm. next week. Right. Well, yeah. Next week. Time is time is also all over the place. Right. right? And by the time yeah, this episode 11. comes out, it'll be like that Saturday. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so like again, like that is exciting to hear the seeing the work that you've done and like how much the progress has made. And which is a great segue before I go into my break into like the march that is coming. At the end of the episode, I'll have you relay the information so people know how to sign up and be able to participate. But tell us how, what do you think this, how do you think this march will be different? You know, unfortunately, this is like the next school shooting that we've had to follow and just kind of see things happening over and over and over again and just being this cycle. Why do you think this march will be different? I think this march will be different um, because it's, it, to me, it's a new sound found energy. In 2018, we were before COVID and, you know, we were coming off a presidential cycle uh, where a lot of people were just feeling really hopeless and they just wanted to feel heard. I feel like this time around, people are ready. They're mobilized, they're frustrated, and they're angry that in what a lot of people might feel like we have the political climate to get something done, nothing has been done yet. So we really do feel like this is actually probably the time where we might get some, um, we have the opportunity to get federal legislative change, which we have not had yet. Um, so I think that's why this time makes it different and um, really amps up the energy. Absolutely, and especially with this timing right now, after the pandemic and everything, everyone is just tired and everyone's just exhausted about everything that's been going on. And so the first frustration from the Parkland shooting back in uh, 2018, everyone, everyone was already just so aroused and so like, oh my gosh, this is such a tragic thing that happened. 
we need to act now. And still, years later, we're fighting for the same things. And so I really think that, like you said, that legislators are going to really wake up and really see that, okay, this is becoming a really main issue. And it's just, I saw this one tweet one time uh, from, I think, a representative from the government, I think like a week or two ago, and it was saying, we don't need to cut down gun laws, we need to turn to God. Yes, half and half are true. Absolutely, we do need to turn to God. But sometimes turning away the main cause, which is the gun violence issue, and just seeing how putting it in the hands of people so openly and so easily, it can get in the hands of people, and just saying that's not the issue this is, that's not necessary. That's not really the goal here. The goal is to address these problems and say that this object that is harming people, this weapon that is harming people is what needs to cut down and what needs to be taken away and not so like easily applicable to people every day, you know, but I really am excited to be a part of this march. It has been a minute since I've been able to participate because of the pandemic and everything like that, but I really think it's going to be something beautiful. And I'm so proud that you are able to be a part of March for Our Lives and just being a part of this movement. Thank you so much, Serena, for joining me thus far in our podcast interview. This has been a beautiful conversation, just talking about gun violence and just seeing how our community can change. Are you ready to join the billion dollar podcasting industry? If so, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is ready for you. Whether you're just starting out and have no equipment or you are a seasoned pro but need help with production, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio has everything you need. Conveniently located in Middletown, Delaware, Blake's state-of-the-art production facilities make producing your first or 100th podcast a breeze. No matter what kind of project you have in mind, the professionals at Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio can help with your production or give you the tools to produce it on your own. At the heart of Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is award-winning blogger, vlogger, and CEO Antoinette Blake. And her goal is simple, to help one more entrepreneur be successful. So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now, 302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530. Hey, this is Sydney Chairman and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that'll be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that'll talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Welcome back, everyone. Again, I'm here with Serena Rodriguez, and she was just talking about just gun violence and how the the voices are important and how we are trying to break barriers and seeing how our community can get a part of these, be a part of these marches and just really make this change. So starting up in the second segment, uh, why do you think youth voices are should be centered in the conversation around gun violence? And, you know, it, it is unfortunately attacking, you know, elementary schools and just high schools and things like that. So youth, my and our age. So why do you think that youth uh, voices should be centered in the conversation? Yeah, well, youth absolutely should be in this conversation. And I think I mentioned this earlier that gun violence is actually the leading cause of death for children in this country, which is just extremely, extremely frustrating um, because a lot of times youth are not old enough to vote and make their voices heard at the ballot box. Lawmakers just aren't valuing our lives and we need to show them in full force the power that Gen Z has and make them care and do something about this because 
not another child deserves to lose their life to the hand of a gun. Absolutely. And you know, like this may be just me being like a Gen Z or myself and just trying to be bold here. But like, I honestly think that they're scared that we are so open to having these conversations that they're just kind of yeah. like, why change something that's so normal? Uh, I say that in air quotes for you guys listening, but um, like just not being, being so unwilling to change what is obviously wrong because that's the cycle, that's the consistency. And that's just like the way the con- this country is. And unfortunately, like as yeah. highly, like highly claimed that our, you know, like military is and just like our government as a whole, we are one of the leading countries in that. But when you mention a, a statistic, like suicide is like the second leading rate of death in our youth, uh, I think from like 2019 and hopefully not up until now, but, you know, because of the pandemic and things like that. Um, and like you just said, gun violence being the number one leading cause, two things that can definitely be prevented. One of the main yeah. causes being mental health. And just like things like that. And so you were talking about our legislators. So what message do you have for them that you think they can really start to make change or really just like listen to the, our communities and things like that? So what do you think the message is that you have for them? My message to them. Um, well, you were mentioning the whatever lawmakers said that we needed to turn to God. Totally fine. But enough of the thoughts and prayers, I'd really like someone to actually do something about it. You know, universal background checks, even just that, I think there's several things, uh, including an assault weapons ban, uh, that would be helpful. But like, Mm -hmm. let's at least start somewhere. Um, Universal background checks definitely has the highest likelihood of passing. It's, that's a bipartisan thing that lawmakers can put their politics aside and just give us something. (laughs) Right. And it's just kind of like, why would background checks be such an issue if we're pushing for it so much? Like that must be- They have something to hide. That's what I was going (laughs) to say. I didn't want to say it out loud though. But exactly. Why is it such an issue if you don't have something to hide? And if you do have something to hide, that is the main reason why we should have them. Because like, if someone who's trying to go out and cause these tragedies has something to hide, we need to be able to identify that and able to see like, okay, this person should not be able to bear arms. And just like making these decisions so we're able to know if someone's trying to cause these accidents and just like prevent them. It, it starts with things like that. And, you know, just having these background checks. So I also want to know like, how can, what can people do to, you know, take action? You know, how can they be a part of the marches? How can they be, uh, sign up to be uh, a part of March for Our Lives? And again, I'll probably mention this at the end so they know how to get active for it. The March that is June 11th. Again, that is June <laughs> 11th. Um, but how can uh, people get involved? What is their call to action? Yeah, absolutely. You can, you know, sign up to volunteer with us. Um, if you're super, super ready to take action, um, you can also sign up to start a chapter with us and work in your own local community and kind of build a team of folks that um, find different ways to make gun violence prevention work in their community. Um, so the biggest thing that you can do right now is join us next week, next Saturday on June 11th, whether that be in Washington, D.C., or anywhere across the country, you can text MARCH to 954-954 to find your local MARCH and get signed up and all RSVP'd for it. Absolutely. So guys, please, please participate. Again, I'll mention it at the end of the episode again, so you all can get involved. I believe the color that we're wearing is orange. So bring signs, protest, scream and yell, do whatever you have to do to get the message out there. 
So another question for you as we're moving on is like, what are the, like you said, they were in Washington, D.C. and things like that. So where has like the growth gone from, you think, from 2018, like statistically talking um, from like 2018 up until now? What are like the numbers per se that uh, March for Our Lives has reached? Yeah, so we have, I think as it stands right now, over 400 marches happening nationwide and a few global marches that I am very excited about. I would love to go to Europe and support the marches out there, but fortunately, I don't think that's possible. Um, But probably like 50,000 plus already RSVP in a few cities. I will need to double check, but... um, yeah, I think it'll be a great turnout. And I think that really just goes to show how how much people are just ready for something to happen and ready to take action with us. I agree. But thank you so much, Serena, for taking the time out of your day to come on the show and just really just hone in on what it means to, you know, stand up for something like gun violence and really making these changes in our community. Uh, but before I let you go, can you one more time recount for us how people can get involved and be a part of the March on June 11th? Yeah, anyone that is interested in getting involved with us, you can text MARCH to 954-954. Um, that'll be your inside guide to where marches are happening nearby um, and just getting involved with the organization in general. Absolutely. But thank you guys again so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Serena. And again, you guys, please come out and participate. Be loud, be proud, and just really stand for change against gun violence. I believe the the color is orange. And just, if you know, if you live by me uh, in Maryland, please come to the Washington, D.C. one. I would love to see you there. Uh, Or like anywhere around the nation, if you're trying to support and things like that, please, please get the word out. And I just hope you all come to support. But thank you again so much, Serena, for joining me and March for Our Lives for just being part of the conversation and wanting to open your doors doors and uh, help me expose my community to things and conversations like these. So thank you so much again. And thank you to my listeners. And this is Perfect Timing.